0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 386. Thank you for listening. I'm really glad that you can join me. And welcome, too, to any first time listeners. We hope you enjoy the show and become regular listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Google Maps is 15 years old, and we take a look at its Australian roots. The coronavirus won't stop Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, despite some companies pulling out. And is the BlackBerry finally dead and buried? In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Turtle Beach PC gaming headphones. Denon is bringing its TV soundbars to Australia. And the Apple TV app is now available on the latest LG smart TVs. And we'll answer all your tech questions, of course, in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. On February the 8th, 2005, that's 15 years ago, a little app app called Google Maps was first launched, and it has gone on to become, I think, an indispensable tool for everybody, Whether uh, no matter where they are in the world, they're using their mobile devices and using it for their commute and for their trips and whatever they need to do. And it has become a, a really important part of our lives, uh, not only for commuters, but travelers and anyone who wants to get to, from A to B, just find out what's around them, discover things around them. But there's, a, there's a, an interesting backstory to Google Maps and one that I think a lot of Australians wouldn't be aware of, and that is the fact that Google Maps was actually designed and conceived in Sydney, Australia. So uh, I'm in New South Wales in Sydney. So Google Maps actually originated in our city and the, the Maps team was based here. Uh, one of the Australian software engineers from, from Google, Noel Gordon, was part of the launch team that actually acquired a digital mapping company, the Rasmussen Brothers, which who were also, they were Swedish but, but lived with Australian residents, Sydney residents, and that was the birth of Google Maps. Uh, we had a, a, an event at Google, their headquarters in Sydney the other day, and they showed us, and you can see all this on Tech Guide, by the way. I've already written a story about this. They showed us the uh, the whiteboard that they used to kind of map out, forgive the pun, map out or mind map what what Google Maps is going to look like and codec and all this kind of stuff. And then they also showed us the very first how Google Maps looked in 2005, which, cast your mind back to 2005, it was only web-based, so they had to come up with a different kind of coding so that they could uh, allow the user to scroll the different sections of the map and for that to work quickly. I think the joke they said was that if you tried to scroll to the left or to the right, it was called the coffee map because you could have time to make a cup of coffee and come back and the map still hadn't adjusted to the next screen. That's all different, of course. But back in 2005, they had to actually invent code that, would cope with this this different type of movement and motion on a web page. And now that's actually become part of every web page, part of the Web 2.0 is that it can do that. And so what customers did back then was find out, look up the map, find out where they need to go. So they put in a location where they were coming from and then the turn-by-turn directions or whatever the instructions they were given then had to be printed out because they didn't have uh, their phone at the time. 2005 was still two years off the mobile app being developed, two years off the iPhone being announced and released. So customers had to be satisfied with just a printout that they could read while they were driving or or walking, whatever it happened to be, if they were travelling, they'd probably be walking around and catching buses and things like that. So uh, Google Maps has certainly come a long way. And as I mentioned, two years later, the mobile version of Google Maps was introduced. And in fact, cast your mind back to the Go- these iPhone introduction by Steve Jobs at Macworld in January 2007. It was the first time we'd seen Google Maps on a mobile device. And I think in the presentation, Steve Jobs brought up the... Um, the map. He was in San Francisco, so brought up the map of downtown San Francisco. I think he did a search for Starbucks, and all these little pins dropped because there's Starbucks everywhere, and he just chose one close close to the venue. And from that click through, he was able to tap the phone number, which then called a local Starbucks. And I think he said, oh, can I order 4,000 lattes, please? And then, so sorry, wrong number. And then he hang up. He hung up. So that, that's on YouTube if you want to have a look at that. But that was the first, the first glimpse we had of Google Maps Mobile. So how far it's come. In the early days when it was web-based, they were getting 10 million views a day. Uh, a year later, they were getting 60 million. And now mobile today, they're, they're getting billions of maps served per month. So it's been a real game changer. And over time, they, of course, introduced the mobile version. Then they introduced other features like real-time traffic. And this is still an important feature for people today because they can see exactly what sort of traffic they can expect on their journey. Then they introduced Street View. That was another one. Turn-by-turn navigation in 2009, another new feature. Uh, In 2018, they, they included wheelchair accessible routes as well. Uh, But now to celebrate the 15th year, the 15th anniversary, they've redesigned the app to include some new features, uh, including Explore, so more refined way to find what's close to you. So if you don't need to go anywhere, you can use Google Maps to, to discover what's around you, whether it's a restaurant, an attraction, a landmark, whatever you need. Uh, The commute's also become a bit more sophisticated, so uh, it'll help you find the most efficient way to get where you need to go with real-time traffic updates, estimated travel times as well. You can also view, there's another tab called Saved. There's been more than 6.5 billion places on Google Maps that have been saved by users, so now you can view all of those saved locations in one place, Uh, so help you maybe organise an upcoming trip to make things easier. A lot of people aren't aware too that uh, Google Maps, a great portion of its content is made up by people contributing that content. So adding information to help keep it up to date. So you can share local knowledge, business reviews, details about roads, photos that you've taken as well. You take a photo, could be included on Google Maps. Uh, So other people can learn then from from your contributions. Uh, The new Updates tab also lets you see trending spots from local experts. Let's you discover and share recommendations with your network as well. Uh, the, even the famous Google Maps pin icon, that red icon, which is, by the way, the original design that is on display, would you believe, at the Museum of Modern Art. So pretty iconic bit of work there. But it is also getting a makeover. It's now going to go from being red to being multicolored. Uh, and that, so that's that's a bit of an improvement there, a bit of a change. But there are some new features as well. Some new features that we can really drill down into your journey to tell you how many carriages are on the train, what the temperature is going to be on the, in the carriages. If there's a women's only section in some parts of the world, uh, it'll give you in, it, that real-time traffic information as well, comfort levels, all that sort of. If there's if there's security on board. So really, really diving deep into into giving you as much information as possible for Google Maps. Another new feature you're going to see, this is a really cool new feature. It's called Live View. Now, how many people have got out the map and they're, they're trying to work out which direction they're facing and whether they've got to go up left, right, backwards, whatever. So what with Live View... It, the Google Maps now takes advantage, it allows you to open up your camera and you can just hold up your camera. And what Google Maps will do with live view is actually on top of that image, so augmented reality, it'll put on the photo or the, what you're seeing through the camera, I should say, arrows and indications, directions for you to follow. So, it's just really going to help you. You, you. you sort of face it towards where you're going. It'll even give you a distance. Oh, okay, you've got this far to go. If there's turns, it'll give you arrows for whatever you need. So, that's really going to be a help for people as well because not everyone's really good at reading maps, uh, digital or otherwise. Uh, it, it can be difficult if you're in, a, in a, another city. Like, I, I find I use it, I love using it when I'm traveling especially all the, the uh, when, I'm, when I need to catch trains or public transport or when I'm in a new city, gives you really great directions. But I know whenever I go to New York, and I love New York, and I know New York really well, when you come up out of a subway station and you kind of I'm, – I'm a little bit discombobulated. I don't know which direction I'm facing. Am I facing north? Or am I facing west, north, east, whatever? And with this new Live View feature, that will really help you sort that out even faster so you can see exactly, get your bearings right away. So Google Maps, happy 15th birthday to Google Maps. and. A an Australian invention, Australian development. Can you believe? So that's uh, uh really, really uh, cool to know that it is an Aussie-made product that is now that is known the world over. You want to read more about Google Maps and its fifteenth birthday and all those images that I spoke to you about the first version of Google Maps. That it's interesting. To look at that first whiteboard too, and you'll see a picture of uh, Noel Gordon, the Aussie a Google software engineer that worked on the project as well. You can check all of that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, in a little while, we are going to go to Barcelona for the Mobile World Congress. This is the big mobile phone trade show that's on every year, been going every year for the past uh, many years. And this year, though, with the coronavirus, a big worry for travelers around the world, there are some companies that are actually pulling out of the conference, some companies even not having a press conference. And all these precautions, other companies that are still up in the air, whether they're going to attend or not, uh, as this virus takes hold around the world. Uh, obviously, it's it originated in China. And a lot of the attendees, a lot of the companies are coming from that region, including Huawei, Oppo, TCL. Uh, there's all these Chinese brands that are going to be making their way to Barcelona. One company that's already pulled the pin that will not be there is LG. LG Electronics has said it will not be travelling to MWC because of the concerns of the coronavirus. They released a statement which read, with the safety of its employees, partners and customers foremost in mind, LG has decided to withdraw from exhibiting and participating in, in MWC 2020. The decision removes the risk of exposing hundreds of LG employees to international travel, which has already become more restrictive as the virus continues to spread across borders. Now, I'm going to Barcelona. I'm actually travelling uh, in, in a couple of weeks as a guest of Oppo, which is another Chinese brand. Uh, I've had communication with them and they said, look, we are still going. Uh, every precaution is being taken. There, We're not taking any chances with, with safety and health. So that's good to know. But other companies like Huawei and Xiaomi, that's another big Chinese company, Huawei has said it's it's already set new rules for international travel in the wake of the deadly virus. Uh, they're going to have strict screenings of their employees before they are permitted to travel. Now, if you've been following this closely in the news, anyone leaving mainland China is scanned before they even get on a plane. So they're given like an initial scan to show they're not... They're not ill in any way, not showing any symptoms before they can board a plane. There are some, I don't know whether Spain has this in place where they are accepting anyone arriving from mainland China. That could be decided in a couple of weeks. The show's not due to kick off till the 24th of February. So we're not sure whether that's going to be something that's already in place with Spanish, the Spanish uh, Border Patrol there, the customs, whether they're going to allow people in from mainland China or not. There are some that, that uh, some airlines are not even flying into China or out of China. So it's really interesting because, as I said, a lot of the industry is China-based, and I'm not talking just about the smartphone manufacturers, but even network providers like Huawei. Big part of their business is networks. So they're there. That, that's a, this is a massive part of MWC. This is kind of their big show for the year. So uh, they're going to obviously want to be there. I just hope they're taking the right precautions, not risking the health of other people, so they can be there. Now, the GSMA, which runs Mobile World Congress, has already included some new plans and precautions to protect attendees, myself included. I think i better invest in a mask or something. won't be shaking hands with too many people. They're, they've said they're going to increase cleaning and disinfection. They're also saying, and I just said this, they're encouraging people not to shake hands at the show. Now, ZTE, which was initially... Uh, it was initially thought they were not attending the conference at all uh, they quickly said no that's not correct we are attending we are just not holding a press conference so I'm sure there'll be other press conferences that are cancelled as well because you think about it there's 1500 people that are sitting in the same room uh, and I think a lot of people may feel a little bit nervous that uh, they, they may be uh, they may be a chance of contamination so I uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. It's still a couple of weeks away. I just wonder how many changes there's going to be, any other developments. Uh, we've we've already just arrived in San Francisco for the San, the Samsung event uh, in here in the US. So uh, the the, the this, this is though going to be set in Barcelona, where everyone from all parts of the world, many from Asia and China, are going to be arriving as well. But stay tuned to Tech Guide. We're going to, we, at this point, we're still traveling to, to MWC in Barcelona. Uh, and as I said, as a guest of, of uh, Oppo, the, the Chinese brand, they've got a lot to announce, as have these other companies. So we'll keep a close ear uh, to that and a close eye on that. So uh, we are hoping that it all works out, that possibly there's even a, a decrease or a, or a vaccine developed in the meantime. But uh, at this point, we're still going, as are a lot of other companies, but I'm sure there will be decisions made in the next days and weeks ahead uh, which could affect the Mobile World Congress, or the number of attendees anyway. You want to read more about that? Uh, Mobile World Congress and GSMA are saying, look, the the virus is not going to stop MWC. It is going ahead no matter what. You want to read more about that story? You can check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, who remembers BlackBerry? Who's still using a BlackBerry? I know people that are still, they swear by this device. Well, it could be the end for this amazing, iconic brand. It, it's kind of uh, kicked off in the 90s. The company uh, behind BlackBerry was a company called RIM, which was short for Research in Motion. They are based in Ontario in Canada, and it was, you could easily say, the world's first smartphone. This is years before the iPhone was even a, a thought. The BlackBerry was the device of choice. This was a product that gave you your emails to the palm of your hand. Was What amazed me, I, I used a BlackBerry from the early 2000s up until like 2008, until I got the iPhone, and... I was working at News Limited at the time, uh, and we had a BlackBerry Enterprise server, which is BEZ for short, and this uh, in, allowed the IT department to push out all your emails. And so you can see, so if you were away from your desk, and you've got to cast your mind, mate, this is early 2000s, this was big at the time. If you were away from your desk, you could read and respond to emails from anywhere using this device which had a beautiful physical keyboard a nice screen it was it was amazing it was revolutionary and what i liked best as well was the fact that if you deleted this email an email on the device when you got back to your inbox at your desk it was deleted it was it was like it was like a miracle it was incredible technology for the time and this is why blackberry became such a massive massive brand now fast forward to 2020 and what's happened TCL communications which had a licensing agreement with blackberry since 2016 now you recall they were the company behind the key 2 the key 1 the key 2 which kind of revived the blackberry brand at the time so 2016 it was a had a beautiful touchscreen running android had the physical keyboard was kind of the best of everything of a smartphone, as well as the BlackBerry security uh, and that physical keyboard. And it was a bit of a shot in the arm for the brand. And sales were okay, respectable. There were still people buying them. Uh, But fast forward to 2020, and this deal is uh, over this year. And TCL has already announced they are not renewing that deal because TCL themselves, as we've spoken about on the show, are now uh, making their own devices for to sell their own smartphones. So they're not renewing that deal. So it very much looks like BlackBerry is, you know, the software side of things may work. I think they're even developing software for cars as well now. But the actual BlackBerry product could very well be dead and buried. And as I said, I was an avid user of the BlackBerry. I remember having the BlackBerry Curve, I think the 90, the 9900, the 8750, the Pearl. The Pearl was a great it was the first smaller um, uh, BlackBerry that had, uh, it went from, it had a little track ball, remember the little ball? And then the Pearl had that. That's why it was called the Pearl, because it had a little ball in the middle. But then they created this tiny little trackpad. They replaced the ball with a little trackpad in the middle. And that was also great. They, then they had, I think, there were a couple of models with a touchscreen. That was also pretty cool. But it was the it was the ability for you, and you could kind of browse the web on it. It was really hard, but it was it was mainly emails, messages, like the direct messages between the BBMs. Remember the the, the those it was like the WhatsApp of the future. It was the, these little instant messages you can send between BlackBerry users. That was that was also popular. So it was, it was, you can recall too, these were so addictive, these devices. They called them Crackberries. That's, that's how people wouldn't get off them. They were dubbed Crackberries because we were constantly on them. We were just so addicted. So it was, it was just huge. But then suddenly in 2007, a little product called the iPhone was unveiled. And that was a game changer. That It really changed the face literally of a smartphone. So it went from having these physical keys to this all touchscreen design. Uh, you know, also Samsung jumps in and starts creating Android phones as well. Uh, so it was just the, the smartphone industry was just going through all these massive, um, just these seismic changes. And unfortunately for BlackBerry, they were starting to move into the background. So the the appeal, there were people who were normal, diehard BlackBerry users were suddenly seeing the iPhones and Samsung devices and other products, other brands as well, with their smartphones, and they decided to go in another direction. So BlackBerry slowly lost market share and, and, and now are at a point where They don't have a manufacturing partner. So the future really is uncertain. I doubt whether there'll be a a company the size of TCL to take up that license to help them build new devices. I can't see it happening, especially now the smartphone market is so competitive. We're moving into folding phones now. I just don't know whether BlackBerry is going to find a place there. So unfortunately, uh, this could be the end for BlackBerry. What do you think? Are you still an avid BlackBerry user? Would you would you like to see them continue? Hit me up at Stephen Fennec on Twitter. Send me an email, info at We might put together some responses there and get your take on it. So yeah, BlackBerry. Is it dead and buried? We'll never know. We'll, we'll, It doesn't look good at the moment. The patient's in critical condition. We don't know whether it's going to survive. So if you want to read more about it, though, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, in a world where We're constantly connected. Cyber attacks are more prevalent than ever. Everything from phishing scams and ransomware to online predators and big data tracking your every move. Cyber threats have have evolved, which is why Norton has evolved with it. The new Norton 360 gives you next level protection, combining the power of device security with a secure VPN to help keep you and your family safe and private online. The new Norton 360, all-in-one protection for your devices and online privacy. It's available now at leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. On the Tech Guide review, we're talking about Turtle Beach. They've got a new set of headphones, but not for uh, your consoles. This is for PC gamers, and I've got to say... Turtle Beach, they make a bloody good set of headphones if you are a serious gamer. What we're talking about, though, are the Elite Atlas Aero PC headphones. Now, these are for PC and Mac users, so you can enjoy a wireless experience with your PC or Mac. If you're wanting to use them with a console, like a PlayStation or a a Xbox... You do, there is a cable that's included. I don't understand why they just can't talk to everything at the same time. It's, I don't know, they don't they want people to buy wireless PS4 and Xbox headphones, I guess. But there are, there is a big audience though for PC gamers, uh, the, 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 the elite players and people who are really serious about playing high end games. Uh, this is obviously designed at that audience. So the these the wireless headphones, they're they're, they're really nice design. They've got a slick sort of this metal headband with a suspended pad as well. So it's got swappable memory foam ear pads. And uh, we played a few games on our iMac. Found them they're nice and light, easy to adjust. If you wear glasses as well, they've sort of they can accommodate your glasses as well. So uh, the, it's what they call their pro specs design. So you can wear your glasses comfortably without the ear cups putting pressure on them. You know, that's the last thing you want if you're playing a, playing a high-pressure game. Uh, they're also designed to be portable too, which is what I like about them. They, they fold down pretty small, pretty compact size. Uh, they've also got a removable mic boom arm. So if you just want to use them to listen, then you can have them. But if you want to talk to your teammates, plug in your mic boom, And away you go. You can use that as well. Uh, There's a wireless USB transmitter, so you can use it when connecting via Bluetooth on a Mac or a PC. Uh, But as I said, they, they don't work wirelessly with consoles. It's just for PC gamers. It is a great solution. Really impressive audio. That's what I like about them. That's what it's all about. They've got these Waves NX3D Audio, which is really, really impressive 360-degree sound. Really gives you fantastic spatial awareness in your game. So you know exactly where the sounds are coming from. It also gives you stereo panning, so it gives you a really good sense of direction in the game as well. So you've got all the tools you need there. Uh, they're, they're, it's really, I find it really handy when you're playing a shooting game so, or an open-world game. You can really it keeps you centered in the world, and so you know where everything's coming from. There's no confusion. That's really important. I think the the sound of a game is as important as what you're seeing in the game as well. Uh, so if you, you're a comp, if you're a competitive gamer, uh, you'll agree with me. It's what what you need to hear and see to be successful in the game. Uh, sound quality is as as we expected from Turtle Beach, really nicely balanced and nuanced and. Things aren't drowned out. There's no, there's no heavy over-the-top bass, which tends to sort of take over what you're hearing. So there's no over-the-top bass that drowns out all your other sounds that you need to be hearing as well. So it's really nicely tuned audio experience. So you're getting the audio that you need, the quality that you need, the sound information that you need is there for you. Uh, and you know if you want to watch movies with them, they're they fantastic for watching movies and listening to music as well. So don't think you're limited to just games with these things. They do really well. Uh, the, if you're on a PC, there is an additional uh, some software you can download called the Turtle Beach Control Studios. That gives you 10-band equalizer presets. You can even remap some of the on-ear controls. Controls are easy, by the way. They're all on the left ear cup, so you can even adjust uh, two volume adjustments. You can adjust your voice volume separate to the sound volume, which is good. So uh, you can have full control over that as well. The Turtle Beach Elite Atlas Aero gaming headphones. They're, they're really cool. They're 269 bucks, which I think is pretty reasonable for a set of headphones of this quality. Uh, so give them a go. Turtle Beach Elite Atlas Aero, 269 bucks. If you want to read our complete review, you can find that at techguide.com.au. <laughs> Well, soundbars are a very popular product, and uh, another popular brand, though, is Denon, uh, or Denon. I don't know how people pronounce it. I pronounce it Denon, D-E-N-O-N, a pretty popular brand for home entertainment and audio. been around for quite a while. Uh, they've got plenty of products already in, Australian, in the Australian market, but for the very first time, they're introducing their TV soundbar systems. So for the first time, you're going uh, to be able to get your hands on one of three Sound bar systems, ranging in price from a thousand and ninety nine bucks all the way up to one thousand six hundred and ninety nine bucks. Starting at the entry level, the entry level is actually uh, what I I would pick this above the others because it gives you. This is the DSW one H thousand and ninety nine bucks. You're gonna get a wireless five point one surround system. So there are dual custom five point two inch drivers that work with the Class D amplifier to give you a decent base. So you get this like virtual surround sound going on for just a thousand and ninety-nine bucks. Moving up then to the DHT S716H, this is $1,699. This is a 3.0 system. So soundbar and a wireless subwoofer. So you're getting the the two two the left and right channels from the from the soundbar as well as the subwoofer. Uh, but also uh, you're getting uh, your very impressive sound from the soundbar. But also, if you want to stream your music out of this too, it's, it gives you a good experience. So you get your, your still your left and right separation if you're listening through what, Spotify, Amazon Music, or any other uh, any other music service. You also can control playback with your voice too, with your choice of either Google Assistant or Amazon Alexa. Now, the other model, the S516H, is also $1,699. This is a 2.1-channel soundbar. Wireless subwoofer supports Dolby Digital, Dolby Digital Plus, DTS, uh, and it's got digital signal processing under the hood, so, and it can also handle high-res audio playback. So there's something there for everyone, the Denon, or Denon, if you want to pronounce it that way, TV soundbar systems, because I think... A lot of people look at soundbars because 9 times out of 10 they are not very satisfied. Maybe not 9 times out, but let's say 6 times out of 10 a flat TV customer has bought their TV and they're thinking, "You know what? The sound could be better than this because the TV's thin. There's no room for massive speakers unless there's like a separate little speaker section." And I think for for an additional a bit of money, you can really enhance your system. There are a lot of TVs that have decent sound they've got Dolby Atmos on board which is great and they sound good but for a little bit extra you can really improve that sound by a fair way so maybe think about that if you're budgeting to buy a TV and you maybe maybe put a soundbar on the list too and see how you go there because they are very popular obviously Samsung have them LG have them in my mind it's a really good idea to include if you say you've got a Samsung TV I would buy a Samsung soundbar just makes things easier for you. You often only have one remote control as well. It just makes things easy. They work better together as well. Uh, same deal if you've got an LG TV, I'd go an LG soundbar. But if you, you want to go Denon, that, that obviously works with any kind of TV and uh, has 4K pass through, all those things you expect. Uh, so worth, worth a listen. Well, so, you know, the sound is as important as what you're viewing on your 4K TV. So give them a go. If you want to check them out, the Denon TV soundbar is coming to Australia. You can check them out at techguide.com.au. Speaking of 4K TVs and LG TVs in particular, if you are a 2019 LG Smart TV customer or are thinking of buying a 2020 LG TV, then we've got some good news because the Apple TV app is now available on that TV. So rather than you having to buy a separate little product, the Apple TV, which connects to your HDMI, then that's got to connect to wireless, and that lets you then watch your iTunes movies, Apple TV plus streaming service. Instead of having to purchase a separate product from Apple, the app is now present on the LG 2019 TVs and 2020 TVs. So what this means is that you do have a chance to enjoy all the iTunes movie and TV show library. So you may even have a whole library of iTunes movies. Suddenly, you can sign into your iTunes account, and boom, you can enjoy them through this app on the LG TV. Similarly, you can also now have access directly through the TV, just like Netflix now, on the TV, through the Apple TV app. That also includes the Apple TV Plus streaming service. And I've got to say, I'm a big fan of these shows, Morning Wars with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Love that show. Already watched the first season. Servant is another great show that I can highly recommend. Uh, it is uh, M. Night Shyamalan is involved. He's not directing or writing everything, but he's got his hand on it, and it's a really interesting show. And... Um, there's another show called Sea, which stars Jason Momoa, who played Aquaman. He was also had a role in the early seasons of Game of Thrones. This show has been described as um, Bird Box meets Game of Thrones. Bird Box is that film starring Sandra Bullock, where this epidemic makes everyone blind. They they they, they can't see properly, uh, or no, that they 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 not they can't see. They they cover their eye. They have their eye blindfolds on and. If they if they look at something, then they go mad and kill themselves. But uh, so it's Bird Box meets Game of Thrones. So they're not going blind. That's a different movie. But C, it, what happens is this virus has taken over, uh, decimated the world. Now it's not the coronavirus. It's another virus in you know, six hundred years in the future, and all of the people who survived the virus, they are alive, but they're all blind. So uh, a really interesting little set of circumstances there. The other cool show, too, is For All Mankind on Apple TV+. This is kind of an alternate reality show where Russia has beat the U.S. to the moon. The space race is won by Russia in this reality. So it's really, really interesting to see how the U.S. try to regain their reputation there and try to make it to the moon. Uh, plenty of other shows on uh, Apple TV+, Plus, as I mentioned, iTunes as well. Uh, having uh, the, these TVs too will also now support uh, AirPlay 2. So you can share or mirror content from your iPhone, your iPad, your Mac directly to your LG TV. Uh, you can also stream your music to your TV as well, which is uh, or with other AirPlay 2 compatible speakers. LG TVs now also support Apple HomeKit so you can control your TV from the Home app on your iOS device or by using your voice through Siri. Really interesting. Now, I've listed the 2019 OLED TVs, all we'll will all have the Apple TV app, as well as compatible LG Super UHD TVs. I've listed the model numbers on Tech Guide, so check it out. Uh, also select UHD TVs. Now, if you're an owner of a 2018 LG TV, which I am, the great news is you will also receive the Apple TV app, but later this year. It's going to come later this year through a firmware upgrade. So good to know that it's, ha- it's coming. So stay tuned for that. But 2019 TVs have got it already. 2020 TVs, and they're released in a couple of months, will also have them at launch. Uh, but 2018 TV, LG TVs, will also have them. So hang in there and keep an eye out for that. So if you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, we upgrade our phones, our TVs and our laptops, but when was the last time you upgraded your Wi-Fi? I think it's time to do it right now. The future is here with Wi-Fi 6.0. If you watch your streaming services, then you need the newest line of high-performance routers from Netgear. The Netgear Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 routers give you four times the capacity compared to today's Wi-Fi, which means you can connect more devices and stream simultaneously without impacting Wi-Fi speed and reliability. It's the biggest revolution in Wi-Fi ever, and you can be one of the first to have the next generation of Wi-Fi 6 technology with a Netgear Nighthawk router. Turn your Wi-Fi up to six with a Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router. Go check it out today at netgear.com slash 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The tech god helped us. Uh, is brought to you by our good mates at Belkin. Uh, keep an eye out for them if you want a cable, a charger. Later this year, they're going to have a speaker range, so keep an eye out for them. Uh, interesting question was from uh, one of our readers asking, "How do I sign digital documents?" Uh, there are some ways you can do it. I think if you're if you have Adobe Reader, that does allow you to sign documents, so PDFs. But uh, if you're in Mac, if you're an Apple user, I know on uh, on iOS and on Mac OS, it does allow you to uh, save a signature in markup. So there's a markup section, which lets you draw on pictures and do stuff to them, add text and things like that. There is a section where you, if you need to sign a document, you can actually sign it uh, using uh, either a trackpad or a saved signature. So you can place that and save it, and it's a signed document. So rather than you have it, print out the document, sign it, uh, and then scan it again, which is a real pain in the bum, it's easier to do it like this. So Mac users, Apple users, not a problem if, you're, if it's a photo or a PDF. Uh, Non-Mac users, so Windows users, I think their best bet is with Adobe Reader. So that way, uh, rather than you having to pay a subscription service to do this, you can do it. I think there are some free ones that give you a certain amount of signatures per month, which is, I don't think many people are going to be signing too many documents uh, digitally. But they do, there are some people who are uh, maybe mortgage brokers, people out there that are on the move and they need people's signatures, lawyers and legal people and things like that. So they do need to have uh, the ability for people to sign on the go. So that's that's definitely an option. Uh, uh, so yeah, if you're an Adobe, Adobe Reader user, that's definitely worth investing in. If you're a Mac user, an iPhone, iPad user, you've already got it, which is great news. So yeah, signing documents on the go, not a problem. Can you believe that's already the end of our show for this week? Uh, Everything we've spoken about, you can read at our great website, techguide.com.au. We uh, thank you if you've gotten to this part of the show. You're still listening. We thank you for hanging in there. If you want to get in touch with us, of course, email us at info at au or click on the icon on the right-hand side. There's my picture. It's with the the Belkin logo there, so you can get through to the form that allows you then to fill in your name and your email, your message, and send it through to me. I'll get back to you, and uh, you never know. Your question may be on the help desk next week. We want to also give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company to keep you and your family safe online. Thank you again for listening. We always look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.